Welcome to Drift Off, bedtime stories to help you unwind, relax, and drift off. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Joanne, and it's a pleasure helping you get restful sleep. Before we begin with tonight's episode, I wanted to let you know that there's an even better way for you to get a perfect night's sleep. There'll be no distractions and more bedtime stories so that you, our dear podcast listener, can enjoy amazing sleep. For just $5 a month, you can sign up for Drift Off Premium and you'll get all our episodes ad-free plus two bonus episodes per month and you'll be supporting the show so we can produce even more bedtime stories. Go sign up at driftoff.supercast.com or see the link in the show notes. Tonight's reading is A Tale for Halloween by Loretta Ellen Brady. This delightful story reminds us of the magic of Halloween. I really enjoyed the lightheartedness and playfulness of this whimsical story, and I hope it brings you sweet dreams. And so as always, my friend... Settle in comfortably under the covers. Take a full, comfortable breath. And as you exhale, relax and let go. Allow any tension to just melt away. Letting your body sink deeper and deeper down into the softness of your bed. There is nothing else to do and nowhere else to be. So just lay back, relax, and enjoy the story. Babette and Antone were the children of a very poor woodcutter. They lived in a little cottage on the side of a steep mountain, and the mountain looked upon a great forest. Now though their father toiled in this forest from dawn until dark, he earned very little. Wood in that region was plentiful, and woodcutters were numerous. Their mother made fine laces, which Antone carried to the market to sell. But in spite of all their efforts, the poor parents seldom could give their children more than bread and broth to eat. Babette and Antone, however, were happy little children and never thought of their poverty. But it worried the woodcutter that Antone was ten years old and had not yet gone to school. Antone's mother taught him to read and write so that he would not be too far behind the other boys and girls, and Antone studied his lessons diligently. While he sat doing his sums on the hearthstone, 
with a bit of charcoal for a pencil, his mother would sigh sadly. Anton did not like his mother to be sad, and so he always laughed to cheer her. Do not worry, mother, he would say. Soon I shall send myself to school. My vegetable patch does finely. Then when I am a great scholar, he shall be poor no longer. My father shall have a team of oxen, and you a fine satin gown. Babette shall have a dozen real dollies, instead of turnip dollies she now rocks in her dolly cradle. Ah, Antone, my son, his mother would answer with a sigh. Unless you make your fortune as a maker of toys, I fear you will have no fortune at all. Your fingers are as clever as a wizard's, even now, and though you are past ten, we cannot spare you to go to school. It was true, as she said. Antone made boats from bits of cedar wood, and when he had fitted them with sails, you could not tell them from any that had come from a shop. He carved a doll's cradle from a pine knot, and for a dolly, painted the white face of a turnip until one would think it was the face of some fair maiden. So blue were this turnip dolly's eyes, and so pink her cheeks. Her hair of golden corn silk fell in such ways, and her robe of young cabbage leaves was so green and beautiful. Then, as often as this turnip dolly faded and began to shrivel, Antone made another, which Babette declared was always more beautiful than the one before. Babette had never been to the village, and therefore knew nothing of real dollies. She loved her turnip babies tenderly indeed. She always carried them in her arm when she went with Antone to meet their father and sang them little songs as she rocked them to sleep. Now it happened one night in the season of Halloween that Antone sat carving jack-o'-lanterns to sell in the village. Babette, who was rocking her dolly to sleep, sat watching him, but being only six, she knew nothing about the fun which comes with Halloween and so she listened round-eyed with wonder to Antone, who knew all things about jack-o'-lanterns. When she heard that boys and girls dressed like goblins and witches while frolicking in the village streets, Babette made up her mind to frolic too. How fun it must be, she cried, clapping her hands. Halloween must be quite like Christmas. Not quite so fine as Christmas, Babette, answered Antone, as he carved the teeth in the last jack-o'-lantern. But Halloween is very fine, nevertheless. It is comical to see the jack-o'-lanterns bobbing up and down with their faces grinning in the candlelight. And on Halloween, the boys and girls play pranks on their elders that they would usually get in trouble for at any other time but everyone laughs and is considered fun on that night. Antone finished the jack-o'-lantern 
and piled it with a dozen more in his little cart. He would sell them all in the village when he took his vegetables to market the next day. No one else could carve such splendid pumpkin faces as Antone. Then let us go and play pranks in the village too, Antone, cried Babette. Mother will make us goblin dresses, and there is still one great pumpkin in your garden for a jack-o'-lantern. Oh, what fun we shall have. Babette, exclaimed Antone in astonishment. Wherever did you get such a notion? The frolic in the village is not for us. Mother has no time to make us goblin dresses, and if she did, she has no goods. Besides, how should we find our way home through the forest? You know the way through the forest, Antone, insisted Babette. And if mother can't make us goblin dresses, we can go without. It will be dark, and our jack-o'-lantern will be as fine as any. Do come, she begged. I've never been to a Halloween frolic. Now, Babette, I tell you, we can't go to the village tomorrow night, answered Antone. I won't be able to find my way home through the forest after dark, and we would both be lost. Be a good girl, and do not tease any more. Antone spoke sternly, and Babette burst into tears. She was very fond of her own way, and when she couldn't have it, she sometimes was a very naughty little girl. She sobbed and wept so sadly that Antone found it hard to refuse her. However, he dared not go to the village at night, as he feared to lose his way in the forest. So Antone trotted Babette on his knee and whispered that he would buy her chocolate, but she only wept the harder. Now, Babette, cried Antone at last, when Babette showed no signs of stopping. I can't take you to the village, but if you're a good girl and stop crying at once, I will make a little Halloween fun just for you and me. Now promise me you will not cry any more. Babette dried her eyes and promised. She wished a Halloween frolic, but whether she frolicked at home or in the village mattered not at all. The next day, Babette was very good. She helped Antone gather his vegetables for market, and when he returned, she sat beside him quietly while he carved the last pumpkin from his garden. When the jack-o'-lantern was finished, Antone lighted the candle just for one second so that she might see it grinning in the light. Babette clapped her hands, but he held up a warning finger. The Halloween frolic was to be a secret. After supper, the children went to bed as usual, but instead of undressing, they pulled their white nightdresses over their heavy coats. They will do for ghost dresses, whispered Antone when all was still, and they crept softly out. In the moonlight, 
the jack-o'-lantern was grinning broadly to greet them. Pumpkin is smiling at us, laughed Babette. She was very happy, for her frolic was about to begin. Antone then struck a match to light the candle, but there was no candle in the jack-o'-lantern. I put the candle in. I know I did, he said in surprise. He searched in the dark, and Babette stopped her laughing. Antone looked about, and there beneath the bench lay the remainder of his precious candle. It was chewed to bits, and the wick was in shreds. Oh no, Babette, cried he. A wicked rat has stolen our candle, and I paid a whole penny for it too. Oh, the bad rats, cried Babette, bursting into tears. She then stamped her foot and sent the jack-o'-lantern rolling off the bench. It struck the earth with a bump and dented its nose a trifle. Babette, see what you've done, cried Antone. He stooped to pick up the pumpkin, but the pumpkin was too quick for him. Oh, no, you don't, laughed Pumpkin in a thick, throaty sort of voice. Babette smashed my nose a little, but that's no matter on a Halloween night. Goodbye, boys and girls, he called airily and rolled swiftly down the hill. You come back here. You're my Pumpkin, cried Antone and started after the runaway. Babette followed, weeping and crying aloud. Oh, my Halloween frolic, she mourned. Now we have no jack-o'-lantern and no candle either. Just you wait until he rolls down into the vegetable garden, shouted Antone, as he chased the swiftly rolling pumpkin. He'll have to stop at the hedge. He took his little sister's hand that she might run faster. Pumpkin rolled along just in front of them, but always just out of their reach. When he reached the hedge, he gave a great leap and landed directly in the vegetable patch. Come on, you turnips. Come on, you carrots, called Pumpkin as he rolled along. At his words, the carrots and turnips tore themselves from their beds and followed after him, shouting, Come on, come on, called Pumpkin, and parsnips and beets followed the carrots and turnips. Look at Antone following us, yelled Pumpkin, and all his vegetable followers turned and laughed in derision. Ordinary nights, you may be master, Antone, cried they, but not on Halloween. This is our night. Well, you wait until I catch you, and then see how hard you'll laugh, called Antone angrily. To see his vegetable patch laid waste made him furious. But you'll wait until you catch us before you punish us, won't you, Antone? They answered mockingly. Oh, it's Halloween, it's Halloween, sang Pumpkin, turning handsprings 
as he rolled along, and the rest of the vegetables did cartwheels as they went careering after him. They looked like a dozen market stalls upset on the hillside, and poor Antone nearly wept when he thought of his loss. He followed them with determination. Antone was not a lad to give up easily. Follow me, follow me, sang Pumpkin, as he led the way to a tiny door that opened beneath the forest. Turnips and carrots squeezed through, and Antone, fearing to be left behind, caught up Babette and ran faster. Just as he reached the little door, a rough potato tried to slam it in his face, but Antone was too quick for him. He ran through and climbed down the hole into the underground forest. There he continued the chase, but the ground here was springy and elastic, and with each step, Antone began to gain on the vegetables. Babette's fatigue left her, and she shook herself free of Antone's hand. We'll catch up to them, declared Antone as they ran along. Even as he spoke, Potato stubbed his toe, and Babette caught him. She held him firmly, although he squirmed and tried his best to get free. Help! Help! bawled Potato when he saw he was a prisoner. Oh, Pumpkin, wait for me, he cried. The tears streamed from every one of his eyes, and he looked truly sad. At his cries, Pumpkin turned around, and all the vegetables followed their leader. Come now, Antone, began Pumpkin in a persuasive voice. You might let us have one night off, you know. Halloween is our night. Somewhere on his run, Pumpkin had picked up two twigs, and on these, he now balanced himself rather unsteadily, and thrust his leaves in the place where his pockets would have been if he had had pockets. He looked so very jolly, and his grin was so very broad, that Antone was inclined to give up the prisoner. But just then, he thought of the ruined vegetable garden and grew angry again. It is all very well for you to be polite, Pumpkin, and try to beg off your friend, said Antone. But this is the very fellow that tried to slam the door in my face not two seconds ago. Oh, Antone, cried Potato. That's wrong. It was three seconds ago, as true as I live. I looked at my watch, just as I was trying to pinch your nose in the underground door, and it's quite three seconds ago. Maybe it's four. Oh, hush up, cried Pumpkin. That's no way to talk when you're trying to beg off. Let him off for my sake, Antone, he continued in a most winning voice. You'd get very tired of being in bed yourself. You know you would. See if you wouldn't take the first chance to kick up your heels if you could get it. 
but pumpkin, replied Antone. Think of my vegetable garden. It is ruined. I was saving all my vegetable money to go to school, and now I cannot go. Besides, how could I know you got tired of being in a bed? You never spoke to me before. Well, I speak to you now, replied Pumpkin. And as for your vegetable patch, we'll all make that up to you, won't we, boys? We will. We will, cried the vegetables in chorus. And the potato in Babette's little fist yelled the loudest of all. There now, you see we mean no harm, declared Pumpkin. So let potato go. Then you can both join us in our Halloween frolic. At the magic words Halloween frolic, Babette put potato down at once. She was bound to have her fun, and, after all, the vegetables seemed to be a jolly lot. So peace was made, and the children followed the bobbing turnips and onions. Then shouts were heard, and Pumpkin ordered a halt. Presently, they were joined by a dozen or more cabbages. You're nice ones, panted the cabbages. There we sat in the storeroom, waiting for you to call us, and then we saw you pelting off down the hill like mad things. My gracious, said a very stout cabbage, who was terribly out of breath. I'll have to take off my outer leaves before I go another step. I feel as though I were boiled. Antone recognized the cabbages at once. You are Father Manette's cabbages, are you not? He inquired politely as they marched along. Why, if it isn't little Antone, the woodcutter's son, exclaimed the very stout cabbage. Yes, we come from Manette's farm. Mother Manette saved us for pickle, but we fooled her and slipped out of the storeroom when she was not looking. Oh, we cabbages are not so green as we look. The cabbages all laughed, and Antone was surprised to find that he laughed too. As they went marching on, Pumpkin sang and danced in the lead, and onions and carrots echoed his hearty songs. Presently, great black cats with shining yellow eyes stepped from behind the trees, and each cat was soon joined by its mistress, who was no other than a real witch in a tall peaked hat carrying a broomstick. The cabbages, who were a friendly lot, introduced Antone and Babette to these witches, and the witches seemed pleased to meet the children. They don't seem to be wicked witches, do they, Antone? whispered Babette. Oh, my dear, replied a witch who overheard, we are not wicked on Halloween. Any other night, I would probably do a mischief. It's my nature, you know. She then reached in her bag and handed Babette a peppermint. Babette, who was very fond of peppermint, ate it up with all haste. 
You shouldn't do that, my dear, reproved the witch. It is seldom witches give peppermints, and when they do, the peppermints should be treasured. Here is another to keep for your pocket, and then you will never be without a peppermint when you want one. And she handed Babette another. Babette curtsied so prettily that the witch was charmed and took her to ride on her broomstick. It was the most cheerful company one could ever imagine as they marched along. Every vegetable was singing a different Halloween song in a different key, and they all had voices that sang out of tune by nature. Babette, in her little white nightdress, flying in the breeze, was riding on the witch's broomstick and singing loudly as the rest. When they reached the dancing floor, it was lighted with millions and millions of glowworms, and an orchestra of ten thousand frogs hummed lively tunes in their throats. Pumpkin seized a handful of glowworms and put them in his head. Then, with his features all aglow, he cried out, Let's dance! Instead of taking partners, the vegetables just plunged onto the floor and began to jump about like mad. If they fell down, they rolled around the floor happily. They looked like vegetables, boiling in a great soup kettle, and watching them, Antone thought he should die of laughing. The witches took their brooms, and they chased their cats around the edge of the circle. Babette danced hardest of all, while singing at the top of her voice. Come and dance too, Antone, called Babette, as she went jumping past her brother. But he shook his head and laughed. I'm too big for such nonsense, said he. I am ten, you know. What nonsense, cried a witch, who was chasing her cat close by. Ten is exactly the right age to have fun. She raised her broom playfully, and before he knew it, she swept Antone in the middle of the dance. Pumpkin, with his grinning features all aglow, went flying past and made Antone feel proud. Pumpkin was certainly the handsomest vegetable of the lot. As the night grew later, the frogs hummed faster, but hum as fast as they would, they could not keep up with the frisky vegetables. Beets and cauliflowers continued to bob up and down like mad. Cabbages from Minette's farm lost leaf after leaf. Carrots and onions grew battered from much tumbling about, and the merry din of song and laughter grew louder and louder. Let's play blind man's buff, called Antone. I'll be it and show you how to play. He tied the handkerchief over his eyes, and the witches and their black cats went darting hither and thither. The vegetables were so pleased with this new game that they would play nothing else, 
While they were playing, a rooster suddenly crowed. Good gracious me, cried a witch. The glowworms are all gone out. It's nearly morning. All who are going back to the vegetable patch had best be on their way. Not I, cried Pumpkin. I'm done with vegetable patches forevermore. Not we, exclaimed the cabbages. We're going to turn savage and be wild cabbages for the rest of our days. We shan't go back to Mother Minette's pickle jars. Straightway, every vegetable began to raise its voice and declare it would not go back to Antone's patch. Oh, hush, all of you, cried the witch. Stay in the woods for the rest of your life if you like. It is nothing to me. But what of Antone and Babette? Who is to take them home? Well, ma'am, replied Pumpkin with a low bow. We thought you might be good enough to give them a ride home on your broomstick. But Pumpkin, cried Antone in dismay, you promised to make it up to me if I let Potato go, and I think you should all return with me. I shall not have any vegetables if you all remain in the woods. Never worry about that, Antone, replied Pumpkin with a lordly air. Here is a purse for each of you, and if you take good care never to lose them, you will have plenty of gold forever. Isn't that true, boys? True, as we're not going back to the farm, cried the cabbages. You had best hurry and plant yourself before it grows daylight, Pumpkin, they warned and began to dig holes in the earth. Before Antone and Babette had mounted the witch's broomstick, all the carrots and turnips, and even pumpkin, were all tucked up in their sandy beds. They called a faint goodbye as the children sailed off with the witch. Oh, what a beautiful Halloween frolic, sighed Babette, as she leaned her head on Antone's shoulder and fell fast asleep. The broomstick flew with the swiftness of an eagle, and the witch warned Antone to hold Babette with a firm grasp. One by one, the stars went out as they sped across the sky. The black cat steered and seemed to know the exact way to the woodcutter's cottage. For just as the dawn was breaking, the broomstick glided down to Babette's window. The witch shook hands with Antone, and the black cat politely jumped off to help Antone with his little sister. Before the good creature could mount again, the broomstick was off like whirlwind, and it was left behind. This broomstick is so wild, I cannot stop it, called the witch from the clouds. Keep good care of my cat until next Halloween. Antone put Babette in her little crib and made the black cat a comfortable bed in the kitchen. Then he lay down to sleep and dreamed of the Halloween frolic until he was awakened by his mother.
Come, Antone, she cried. I have good news for you. Only look from the window and see the great black cat without a single white hair that sits washing his face in the sun. Such a cat coming to us on Halloween will surely bring us good luck. But come, my child, get up, for the sun is high, and it is time for you to dig your vegetables for market. My vegetables have gone wild in the forest, muttered Antone, but it is no matter, for here is a bag of gold which they gave me. The cat is the black cat of the witch, who brought us home on her broomstick. So let me sleep, mother, for I am weary with dancing at the Halloween frolic. He closed his eyes and slept again, while his mother examined the leather bag. Antone, my son, she screamed. Here is gold, yellow as a pumpkin. Where have you been to gather such wealth? She shook him and gave him no peace until he waked fully and told the story. At first, his mother did not believe him, but when the woodcutter and Babette came running to see what had happened, and at the sight of the second bag of gold, the mother grew calmer. Babette showed the peppermint which the witch had given her, and the mother doubted no more. To receive a peppermint from a witch is surely a mark of great favor, said she, and began to laugh through her tears. I thought I was dreaming, or that Antone was raved of fever, for never in my life had I seen so much gold. It is like the fairies to bless the children of the poor, said the woodcutter. Now Antone will go to school and mother will have a handsome dress and shawl. And is it not as I said, cried his wife, a black cat coming on Halloween would bring us good luck, and here is our luck already. And ever after that, the woodcutter and his wife were no longer poor. They had white bread and even butter every day of their lives. And on Sunday and holidays, they had roasted fowl for their dinner. Antone went to school, and Babette had an embroidered frock which was the envy of every child in the village. Their mother no longer sighed as she went about her household tasks, and neither did she strain her eyes making fine laces for market. Instead, she rode proudly on the seat of her husband's ox cart when he delivered wood in the village. Each year, as regularly as Halloween came to mark the harvest time, Antone and Babette mounted the broomstick with the witch and rode off to the Halloween frolic. There, they always found Pumpkin grown rounder and jollier than the year before, and they always rode home across the sky just as the dawn was breaking. The black cat became so fond of Babette that it never again rejoined its rightful mistress, but remained with the woodcutter and his family and brought them good luck.
for the rest of their days. And you, the listener, can let this story slowly fade away as you become even more relaxed than when you first started to listen. Sleepier, drowsier, calmer, and more relaxed. And you can now easily drift into a sound and restful sleep. And you sleep all through the night in a sound, undisturbed, restful sleep. Your breathing is calm. Your body is soft and relaxed. Your thoughts slow down and become still. You drift and float, float and drift, dropping down into a sound and restful sleep. And when you awaken, you will feel well rested and refreshed. There is nothing left to do nowhere else to be but to enjoy this feeling of drifting and floating deeper and deeper down drifting into a sound and restful sleep comfortable cozy restful sleep as you sink deeper down, feeling heavy and relaxed, as you sink into your comfy bed, just drifting and drifting into a sound and restful sleep.